Hello, I'm Sheldon Shalley, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, and the author of the book, The Other Man in Me. And I'm Bertha Eddington, podcast producer, and we both welcome you to this groundbreaking podcast, Spirituality and Sexuality, The Hidden Connection. The hidden connection between spirituality and sexuality. Fascinating topic. So, Sheldon, where is our journey on this topic going to take us today? Well, Bertha, today we're going to talk about the meaning and symbology of sexual, even erotic dreams, and explore further how they work to connect us to the spiritual. That, that sounds great. But it also brings something to mind that came up for me last time we talked, and I'd like to have a quick chat about it with you, Sheldon, if that's okay. Uh, certainly. We're all here to learn, and I would love to know what your thoughts are. Thanks. Um, as I mentioned before, I've always had very vivid, memorable dreams. And for me, not necessarily sexual in nature, just very powerful feeling. Um, so after we talked last time, I realized two things. First, I admire your willingness to be so deeply introspective. Uh, to exam, to have the courage to examine your dreams, true meanings. And the second thing I realized about me is that I personally am scared to look that deeply into my dreams. Is there any guidance that you could give me about how to feel safe in examining what I feel are very powerful messages? Well, we must first remember that dreams are simply products of the unconscious, just energy that has taken the various images to get a message to us. We must also remember that dreams don't carry any moral message, no judgment or intent of any kind. They're just information, an, informa an invitation, we might say, to explore what's going on inside of us. So when we dream about something that is waking, and waking life would, uh, we would never do, that's often attempting to bring light to our shadow, parts of us that we have repressed and maybe pushed away and don't want to look at, but maybe need to look at. When we have dreams that disgust us, we have to ask, where am I life? Am I acting or thinking in disgusting ways or in ways that are not congruent with my deeper self? It's like the dream is saying, I know you don't see yourself this way, Sheldon, but from in here, this is how we see you. <laughs> So in my view, dreams are simply the soul's attempt to engage us, an attempt to expand our awareness, to connect us to parts of ourselves that we have become split off from, or perhaps have never known. Often, the more split off we are from our feelings, our inner world, the more the dream will try to shock us, wake us up with a nightmare, to pay attention to it. In fact, I would say that all dreams come to wake us up to something. So while dreams are important, and often make serious comments about our lives, our attitude toward them should be playful. So play around with the images in the dream. Explore your associations, your thoughts and feelings about the dream, and see what you might discover about yourself. Once we get the dream's message, usually that dream will shift and become less disturbing. Thanks. I, I really appreciate that. I, I particularly appreciate the idea of just playing around with the dream. Don't let it overwhelm you. Just just play around with it and move around the images and and see 
what they look like. And and then the, the reassuring message that once we start to be able to do that, they might become shifted and, and less disturbing or more meaningful. So I will certainly give that a try. Um, thanks so much. So our next step in your brave exploration uh, of the spirituality of sexual dreams and erotic imageries, how do we take that next step? Where do we go? Well, let's start with the idea that sex, divested of its biological function, serves the purposes of the soul. So therefore, our sexual dreams, fantasies, attractions, and even our sexual behaviors can be understood as symbolic of expressions and longings of the soul. So that allows us to begin to explore the symbolic and spiritual intent, plus the unconscious purpose of such dreams and fantasies. Symbolism reveals aspects of reality that escape other modes of expression. That makes sense. Um, So could you give us another dream example, as you did last time? Uh, Yes. Um, I had a dream that I performed oral sex on a man who is an officer in the military. When I finish and go to turn away, the man orders me to go out into the field and perform oral sex on all the soldiers. Later that night, I dream that I'm in the military, and I'm lined up with other soldiers on a field. We are doing drills in the nude. We are told to bend over, and as I do, the man behind me performs anal intercourse on me. Well, that's quite vivid and certainly erotic. Now, I I know you mentioned last time that often dreams have four different points. One, the setting, the plot, the turning point, and the conclusion. So can you apply those four points to that particular dream? Yes. The setting is a military establishment. Now, I think of the military as a highly organized force primarily intended for warfare and for securing and defending a country. Traditionally, it's been a very aggressive, highly masculine, disciplined organization, a training establishment for, quote, making men. So the setting in this dream tells me that I'm working with the part of my psyche that connects me to my more aggressive masculine energies. Now, the plot that develops is one of military training drills, which involves following the orders of performing and receiving sex. I'd say the turning point is where I become initiated and come under the command of the male officer or what I might say my inner masculine authority. The dream is successful in that the goal of this dream was met. So what does that ultimately mean in your life? Well, the focal point of the energy of this dream is expressed in the images of both oral and anal sex is the penis. Now, we don't have time in this podcast to provide all the historical, mythological, cultural, and even religious backgrounds for the symbolic meaning of the male organ. But basically, it's an expression of psychic energy and a symbol for the divine or sacred masculine and the creative masculine spirit. So from a symbolic point of view, anal intercourse in this dream can be understood as the spiritual desire for an aspect of the dreamer, in in, in this aspect, me, to surrender to some masculine spirit in my soul, which contained an unconscious masculinity that longed for relatedness and connection, some part of my masculine energy that I was cut off from. In my own journey, 
I found it helpful to understand some of the archetypal and symbolic expressions of this behavior. So, for example, in certain primitive societies, there is widespread belief that anal intercourse between men promotes psychic growth. (laughs) In these societies, semen as a male bodily fluid is believed to carry the masculinity of the ancestral spirits and is interjected anally by the initiating men. As the natives put it, where else can the ancestral spirits come into the novice's body to initiate him? They can't come through the mouth. That's where the mother penetrates with her breast during the boy's infancy. They say the male influence comes in anally, where the male can penetrate. Now, while anal intercourse can be understood symbolically to express psychics longing to be impregnated, so to speak, by the unconscious masculine to beget a new or more differentiated masculinity, the homosexual act of oral sex can be understood to express the spiritual need of the masculine to validate and affirm his unconscious masculinity and male identity that's embodied in the soul. The late Jungian analyst and homeopathic physician Edward Whitmont, in his book The Return of the Goddess says that oral sexuality expresses a dependency need and often represents the unacknowledged worship of the phallic power. So thus, to have one's phallus orally worshipped is to have that power validated in oneself. To offer fellatio to the other is to make him feel the power within him through his body. Now, while there is much that could be said about this dream, the bottom line is that the dream shows that the dreamer, in this case me, was in need of more masculine energy. For those who might be interested in exploring this dream further, in in more depth, they can certainly read a very detailed account of this dream in my book, The Other Man and Me, Erotic Longings, Lust and Love, The Soul Calling, available at Amazon. And I just like to say it's a it's a very excellent book. I think it's um, very helpful both for people who are exploring their own gender identities and uh, those who are seeking to help them and guide them, whether they're uh, church leaders or uh, psychotherapists. So I, I'm just adding my two cents of recommendations there. Well, thank you, Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's an important topic these days. So, but we you, we talk about the dream images as symbols. So, how how is it helpful to understand them as symbols? Well, in the case of the male homosexual, to understand the meanings of the symbols is to gain some insight into what it is he actually seeks through these acts and fantasies. So, to give symbolic meaning is not at all intended to diminish the sexual aspect, nor is it to negate or deny the biological and environmental determiners of homosexuality and same-sex attraction. Rather, it's an attempt to bring meaning and understanding to these same-sex fantasies and behaviors that might contribute to the realization of their unconscious purpose and spiritual intent. And so when the unconscious purpose of a behavior is fulfilled, the energy can move to another level of development. It would allow a man to more enjoy his sexuality with greater consciousness and self-awareness. He knows more about that which he seeks and therefore can embrace it more consciously. 
So we've been talking a lot about the male experience. Is, is this type of lying or symbology also reflected in heterosexual experiences? Absolutely. For some men, their unconscious feminine energy may express itself in sexual images of a woman, in their dreams, in their fantasies. And in these cases, the man seeks a sexual relationship with a woman onto whom he projects his unconscious feminine energies. These attractions can be understood as the longing for some potential that's contained in his soul, longing to be experienced and to be lived. I might think of it as the quest for the soul's realization. In homosexual love, the partner often becomes the carrier of the soul image and may unconsciously assist his lover as the initiating spirit in bringing that potential to birth in himself. In the heterosexual love, this partner also becomes the carrier of the soul image and through the power of the relationship may unconsciously assist him in bringing the potential of his repressed and split-off feminine energies to birth in himself, making him more connected to his emotions, his feelings, and intuitions. Mm. That said, universal images of the masculine live in the depths of every man's soul. If a man is cut off from these aspects of the masculine that are, that are his, that are true to his nature, that are his to embody, they will often erupt in unconscious ways. This soul image may initiate a same-sex relationship at times by falling in love with a man in order to establish a relationship with the man and the unconscious other in his own soul. The soul longs for inner unity and wholeness. As symbol, the sexual partner becomes the carrier of this unconscious other. For the heterosexual man, the process is similar, but the object of the projection of the projected wholeness is the feminine which becomes projected onto and embodied by a woman. Okay, well, that's, that's uh, while I'm following you, it is a lot to take in. So it, just, just from my simplistic way, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, and other gender identities souls are calling to them to the people to express all aspects of their being and become the totality of who they are is that a correct way of looking at it exactly and while many people call these desires perversions again edward whitmont as i mentioned earlier says that same-sex behavior in fact all sexual behaviors can be understood as meaningful patterns of energy of creation and development, expressing basic, unconscious, and unacknowledged urges for the purpose of balancing a one-sided position. As such, they are archetypal in that they express the call of a basic power that is essentially of a religious and numinous or spiritual character. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I know every age likes to think that it is, it is unique. Every era has its unique things that nobody's ever done before. And, you know, our search for gender identity and, and the spiritual side of that is, I'm sure, really breakthrough thought for a lot of people. But it, isn't it true that the spiritual side of sexuality is, is as ancient as time itself? And if, if that's true, which I think it is, can you give us some examples? 
Well, the study of the symbolic meaning of the phallus throughout history reveals it is a symbol for the divine masculine and the creative masculine spirit. Phallic symbols are supposed to stand for the penis and nothing more. However, psychologically speaking, the penis is indeed itself, but also a symbol for something more, the meaning of which is not necessarily easy to determine at times. So sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, and sometimes it's more than that? (laughs) Very funny, but true. For example, primitive people would never confuse the phallus as a ritualistic symbol with the penis. For the primitive, the phallus always means the creative manna, the power of healing and fertility, the source of life and libido, standing for that creative divinity that creates and works miracles in darkness, creating a living thing. So no matter how clearly a phallic symbol appears as such, it does not denote or, or symbolize or represent the sexual organ per se. It's always a symbol for the libido, the psychic energy. And as such, it's a symbol of the archetypal masculine as a primary psychic force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for old, older cultures, sex was sometimes both physical and spiritual. Is that not true? Yes. In ancient times, the feeling of being penetrated by or receiving a god, a basic archetypal power, was often represented by the sexual act. Through the ages, religion and sexuality have become deeply intertwined. The historian Mercier said that sex has always been seen as a pathway to the divine. So, when we can understand that our sexual dreams and fantasy and even our behaviors and attractions are symbolic patterns of energy at work in us, sexuality then can take on a, another meaning, a deeper meaning, even a spiritual meaning and purpose, a way to connect with the transcendent in us, or even the divine other in us. And so given that sexuality is a fundamental expression of psychic energy, uh, psychic energy, and that its symbolic dimension has a spiritual function, I offer the idea that all sexual behaviors can be understood as the sexual manifestation of the spiritual desire of an aspect of an individual to surrender to some unconscious mask in an image, or in the case of the heterosexual uh, feminine image, uh, that longs for relatedness, longs for connection, gets projected onto the man or the woman. So is there any advice or suggestions you can make for a novice like me trying to understand their sexual dreams? Well, they can try this exercise. Write out one of your primary erotic fantasies. Then circle all the characters in your fantasy. Are they male or female? Human or animal? What's the main action? Vaginal intercourse? Anal intercourse? Oral sex? Whipping, spanking? Tender or loving? Aggressing, dominating? What role do you play in this fantasy? What role do others play in your fantasy? Are they subduing or being subdued? Are they controlling or being controlled? Remember that all characters in your fantasy are parts of you. Energy in you that have taken these forms to get a message to you. 
What parts do they represent? In each case, ask yourself, if this is a part of me, what part might it be? What wants to be validated? What wants to be worshipped? What part wants to worship you? What part wants to be penetrated? What part wants to be created? What wants to be owned, embodied, lived? The partners, whether in actual sex or in our fantasies, become the carriers of the soul images that long for expression. So by using your associations to the images in your fantasy, to the answers of the above questions, write out the inner symbolic or spiritual meaning of your fantasy. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I I just would like to remind people of something we've talked about earlier, and that is try to do it playfully and and non-judgmentally. Just look at it. Don't, Don't let it frighten you. Let it enlighten you. So I, that's my two cents. Um, a fascinating chat, as always, Sheldon. Um, and what do we have on deck for next time? Well, Bertha, next time we're going to dive into the concept of our sexual shadow as a spiritual call and hopefully continue to learn to be unafraid of our sexual shadows. That's great. And thanks so much, Sheldon, for your willingness to take us on this personal and professional exploration of the relationship between spirituality and sexuality. Thank you for all our listeners to listening to our podcast, Spirituality and Sexuality, The Hidden Connection. If you found it valuable, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. We appreciate you joining us on this journey of exploration as we reach out to provide validation and deeper understanding of modern sexual and spiritual expression. Yes, and thank you all for listening, and please join us again next time.